Welcome to the Love and Life After Divorce podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. On this podcast, you will feel empowered to release the feelings of shame, trauma, isolation, and sense of loss that can often come from a difficult marriage, painful breakup, and divorce. You will be given the insights and inspiration you need to love yourself fiercely, be sure of your worthiness, and to handle the challenges of post-divorce life with strength and humor. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Love and Life After Divorce. I am your host, Tiffany Kane, and I am so excited today to introduce my guest, Henata. She is a phenomenal woman. She happens to be a close friend of mine. We are in a book club together, and I have learned so much from Henata. She is an energy healer and a mom, and um, an amazing human being all around. I think one of my favorite things about Hanata is she, in a very loving way, challenges me to look at things differently than I would. Sometimes it's not comfortable, but it's been very important in my life. And so I consider Hanata a soul teacher of mine, and I am thrilled to bring you guys Hanata. Welcome, Hanata. Thank you. It's so great to be here. I could say a lot of these things about you. I think our <laughs> interactions and the way uh, we we becoming teachers, right? Soul yes. teachers of each other. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. Well, thank you. So in one of our recent conversations, you said something that blew my mind. So I have to ask you, you said the phrase, divorce was a radical act of self-love for you. What do you mean by that? Yeah, those words came out when you asked the question, really, right? There was not something I always thought of and kind of came up with. It just kind of, it was a realization at that moment because your question was, what what has been your your biggest act of Mm self-love, right? And it was like an ultimate, like I, I looked back on this past 10 years of my life and it was it became so clear it was like it was my divorce mm-hmm. right it was definitely the biggest act of self love that catalyzed a shifting paradigm from ignoring myself and my needs ignoring what is true for me mm-hmm. so i could follow what's culturally accepted what is expected what is the good girl way of living Mm -hmm. to regardless of the consequences divorces big consequences big consequences in divorce yes (laughs) to honor that truth it's such a powerful statement and i really am excited today to dig in on this concept at a much deeper level but before we do that I would love the listeners to know more about you. Will you give us a, a little story about how you got to where you are today, to um, this beautiful human being that you are? What, what's your journey been? I'll try to be brief here. <laughs> um, I'm from Brazil, so I was born and raised there. And after college, I'm a registered dietitian in Brazil moved to the U.S. I wanted to broaden my understanding of the human body and study holistic nutrition, 
through the more holistic approach. And um, so I came here to go to school and, uh, you know, I thought four years, come back. Mm-hmm. I got married, had two kids, right? They're home, like they're almost out of the house now. And uh, so this, my, this journey of inquiry about the Eastern and Western way of understanding the human body and psyche, right, mm-hmm. really led me to many, many forms of healing modalities that I explored and studied and until I found something that truly resonated with me and that gave me the tools to really look at the human body, not separately, not only the psyche, not only the physical body, not only the emotions, not only the spirituality, but how to interconnect all these things and how to understand a physical imbalance or an emotional imbalance through the story behind it, right? Mm -hmm. To all those root cause symptoms, all interconnected, right? And having the tools to actually make a shift there to break those limiting patterns, right? So my journey became... First personal, you know, struggling with depression, eating disorders as a teenager, and that compassionate kind of like, I, I want to be able to help people in this situation, mm-hmm. right, as you overcome it, um, to really sought out very out there holistic mm-hmm. understandings, right, and uh, falling in love with it and then became my life's passion and my life's work. Uh, so this is mainly what I do today. And um, very gratifying. I just love what I do. Thank you so much for sharing that and being so open about um, what brought you there as far as your personal challenges with depression and eating disorder. I think a lot of us can really empathize with something like that propelling us onto a journey of Mm -hmm. trying to heal ourselves. the step that you took, though, to take it from healing yourself into healing others is so beautiful. So thank you for that. Now let's dig back into this divorce as a radical act of self-love. <laughs> Will you go into a little bit more detail about the courage that that takes? Yes, it takes a lot of courage. And I believe it is a different level of courage for every single person, mm-hmm. right? Because the I read a quote very beautifully. I don't know where it came from, but it resonated so true. It's like, we are not in the same boat. Mm-hmm. We're in the same storm. <laughs> some of yes. us are in yachts. Some of us are in canoes. Some of us are drowning. <laughs> Holding onto the driftwood. Right? <laughs> so... What happens there is it depends on your circumstances that will take less or more courage for you to do something like that, right? If you have the support of your family, it will take less courage. If you're more stable financially, it will take less courage, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on what your kids' needs are, kids' age are, it will take more or less courage. When my kids were little and I felt like I was surviving that stage of my life, uh, it I don't think I would have had the courage. I don't think I would have even allowed myself to think that because I needed that structure to survive that period of my life. So it came a time where that courage naturally built up, right? It naturally builds up. So it, it was, for me, it was a balance of 
the, my outer environment requiring a little less of me and giving me a little bit more freedom, right? Mm -hmm. To me building up my own personal understanding of what was going on, where the, the desire to divorce was coming from. It took me five years, Tiffany. Wow. To from where I said, wow, this is really not working for me and the courage to actually see it for what it was, mm -hmm. not what I, the story I was wanting it to be or pretending it to be, to actually divorcing. So it was a process of building that courage up, facing my fears. But I think the most important thing that really propelled me to make the decision wasn't necessarily building so much courage because I don't think I would have been able to build that amount of courage. Mm -hmm. It was the realization that I had to follow my truth. Hmm. It trumped all the fears because I have this knowing in me that if I'm not following that little voice in the heart that whispers and it's a calling, mm -hmm. I'm not going to end up in a good place. And not only I'm not going to end up in a good place, but everybody around me are going to be a part of that distorted way of living, right? Yes. So if I fall into alignment, I'm going to give my ex an opportunity to fall into alignment. I'm going to allow my kids to fall into alignment. I'm just going to stop pretending that something exists that is not. I'm going to stop lying to him about how I feel about the whole thing, right? Yeah. So I... It was more when that realization really was present that it became bigger than my fears. I I think to take this to a a really concrete level, what you're what you're saying makes me think of of my story when I was most definitely not living in alignment with my knowing, although. I don't think I had the ability to hear my knowing quite well at that point, mm -hmm. <laughs> quite fully. Right. But what started happening was not only was the marriage breaking down and not only was there a lot of fighting and resentment and anger, but my health was breaking down in ways nobody could explain. But mm -hmm. I developed food allergies left and right and food sensitivities and um, I developed asthma and I developed thyroid issues and kidney problems and uncontrolled blood pressure and ended up in the hospital twice because they couldn't control my blood pressure and they didn't know why. Mm -hmm. um, and it was truly that living so far out of who I was that I was literally dying. <laughs> I was falling apart and dying. Mm -hmm. um, what did it feel like for you? It felt like depression. Mm. It felt like this dying of the soul. Mm -hmm. Physical body was there and fine, but it felt like a dying of the soul inside, of what brings you joy, mm -hmm. of what makes life worth living for. So it was, I by staying in the marriage, I was divorcing myself. <sighs> That's such an important statement. <laughs> Yeah, And it was that choice of, I'm not willing to divorce myself anymore. So whatever needs to happen for that to occur, so be it. Yeah. You said something else really interesting too, though. You said that the divorce also allowed your ex to live more in alignment with who he was. That's a really loving statement and a really beautiful 
generous way to look at an ex-spouse. Um, what brought you to that understanding? So when you ask that question, a, a moment comes to mind. And I had been living for a little while, sharing a bed with someone that I didn't want to touch me, that mm -hmm. I kind of like scooched away from and prayed that you wouldn't like, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was like living this every day, right? And one day he got sick. And I'm naturally very giving, very nurturing, like this is, this is who I am, right? And so I was like caressing his back in a very gentle, loving way that felt truly caring, you know, because that wouldn't lead to anything else. So I could just give of myself without, you know, mm -hmm. worrying. And, and it was a genuine moment of loving him, you know, mm -hmm. and it felt so good, so good. And had been so long that I touched someone with so much tenderness that it was a moment of where there was a switch that went on for me that I was like, I want to live my life loving this man. Mm -hmm. I cannot do that staying in the marriage. I can only love him by leaving him. And I don't want to lie to him that I love him. I don't want to lie to him that I want to sleep with him. That I don't, right? So right. it's like I will stop lying and that's going to open. What he's going to do with that is 100% up to him. Mm -hmm. If he falls into alignment to his own truth or not, it's going to be his journey. Mm -hmm. But by me coming to really being honest with him, then it gives him that opportunity too. Mm -hmm. And I, we think of the kids, right? Right. Even beyond that, that relationship of like always wanting the best for him, because I can still say that I love him as a human, mm -hmm. right? I still have so much gratitude for him. And I feel like I consider him like a, that family member, you know, that mm -hmm. there is that you would do anything for that person because you want to see that person really thrive. It's the father of my children. His well-being it's going to impact the well-being of my kids. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That is such a healthy, healthy way to look at it. Thank you. You touched on something that I want to explore a little bit more. Um, you touched on that staying would have been you divorcing yourself and you don't want to divorce yourself anymore. And in a previous conversation with you, I remember you even took that a little farther and said, you know, if I had stayed in my marriage, it would have been self-abuse. Mm -hmm. So you constantly blow my mind with these <laughs> ideas. I'm like, whoa, I need to think about that. So will you explore that with us a little bit more? What do you mean that staying would have been self-abuse? Mm-hmm. This is an interesting and kind of a deep topic in a yes. sense, because self-abuse in my case, right, and in most cases, is so that abuse, I'm talking mostly about self-abuse. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about him abusing me or, right, right? right. Uh, 
I'm talking about what I made out of the relationship. Mm-hmm. The expectation I created for myself mm-hmm. based on what I thought he expected of me. Mm-hmm. Right. Some of those expectations are probably true. Some I probably totally made up in my own mind. Right. So is in in when I said that, I really want to kind of talk about how I didn't mean that it is necessary for you to leave the relationship to stop experiencing that, what we're calling abuse, okay. right? Yes. Because for the most part, since it was self-inflicted, like it was my own expectations mm-hmm. and me having to live up to, for, to them, I believe it is possible that you can transform the relationship and mostly yourself so much Mm -hmm. that you set yourself free within the container of the relationship. I couldn't do it, Mm -hmm. but I think it is possible. (laughs) I think it's very, very, very hard. And you're going to have to see how the other person responds to that, Mm -hmm. right? Because it may be may become actually very abusive if you try to really be free yes. and, and, and really have to live through with the consequences of that in the relationship. But I think it is possible. And it can be an invitation for the other person to also be free and to also deal with you being in your authenticity and reframing the whole relationship. Yes. Right? I think that's very possible. For me, I couldn't see how I had tried everything in my repertoire of things for those five years. Right. Mm-hmm. So the leaving the relationship was my last option and my last kind of, okay, I don't know what else I can do to set myself free. This container is just too strong, too mm-hmm. structured. It feels so solid. I personally had to get out of it to mm-hmm. rediscover some things. But I am not saying that it was, it was the institution. It was what it was in my own head that... Yeah felt very abusive because I couldn't be me. Mm -hmm. It's so important for us to be in integrity, in alignment with who we are. Mm -hmm. Um, We just read the book, The The Way of Integrity with Martha Beck, Martha Beck's book, which listeners, that's like, something you must absolutely read. An important point she made is you have to live your life in integrity or you'll feel the consequences. You'll be sick. Things won't go well. You'll, you'll be basically, you'll be miserable. We talk about those people that seem to have dark clouds hanging over their head where it just seems like things go wrong, things go wrong, things go wrong. And then you've got those people that it's like, what, how, are they like dipped in gold and nothing can go wrong for them. And Truly, so much of that has to do with are we living in the way that we're meant to be living? Are we being true to who we are? So as an energy healer, do you work much with helping people learn who they really are, what's true for them, what's real for them? It's pretty much what I do (laughs) because even if you have an accident – and you come in because now your back is jacked or your knees hurting. What I find is that there are no accidents mm-hmm. and that every little thing that happens is an opportunity. It is a calling for you to look at something bigger. 
right? Even accidents where you fall and you get hurt, that area that got hurt was already weakened. Mm. So when you come in and we talk about what's going on in the physical body, it's like, oh, we are really talking about your weaknesses, how you have been weakening your own body through the way that you're living. Mm -hmm. And that's always when you're falling out of your integrity, falling out of your truth. So the sessions are very, very much about, it's like some, one day I even said, well, I'm kind of like a soul whisperer in yeah. a sense, because that's, that's what I'm doing, right? I'm like listening to that voice of the, the truth inside the person and contrasting that with how the person is doing things and seeing things. And so we get to break down the distortions. Mm -hmm. We get to break down the patterns. Okay? And so you're living more in your truth. Because what you said is so true. When you're doing that, the healing systems of your body are functioning really well. Mm -hmm. They know what to do. The intelligence of your body is on and it's not being blocked mm -hmm. by anything. So I actually had an experience with you on this of bringing the body into alignment um, at just a few weekends ago. When you helped me, I was having terrible headaches and um, generally not feeling well and my hands were swollen and I'd had a couple nightmares and I was just not really understanding. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. Um, and you helped me. You you did a session with me and um, what was really beautiful is what came up for me. And you asked me to see the color of what was bothering me. And at the time it was like this deep, 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 dark purple. Like that's the first color that came into my mind. And then you asked me to identify, you know, where is that coming from? What do you think it is? And I was able to identify, and then you helped me to release it. And it turned from this almost like dark, lost, almost nightmare color into I had a vision of myself laying on the ground, laying in grass, and that as that color seeped out of me, it went into the grass and turned into colorful flowers all around me. And that stays with me whenever I feel myself getting into a place where maybe my stress or my anxiety or my fears or my worries are escalating, mm -hmm. I now envision, okay, let it go and let it turn into flowers. Let it water what you're doing. How can those fears turn into something beautiful? How can this worry turn into something beautiful? And it's become this really, this powerful visual, visualization mm -hmm. that has helped me so much. And on that weekend, I was able to sleep that night and I was able, <laughs> the headaches got so much better. My swelling went down. And I was also able to identify that there was some things I was eating that was also not, was contributing to me not feeling so well. So it was very nice. Of identifying to, it is very helpful, mm -hmm. right? Because when you, you can really connect the dots and, and, and yes. identify where it is and then finding ways of releasing it and then you can see when it shows up again you're like oh now I know how what to do with this energy right? I know what it is yeah. so what advice would you have 
for women to listen to their inner their inner wisdom. And I'm thinking of if we have listeners that maybe they're freshly divorced or maybe they're considering divorce mm-hmm. or maybe they've been divorced several years and they just are having the hardest time moving past and going into this joyful life. What advice do you have for them listening to their inner wisdom about this, about divorce, about this place where they are right now? I think the most important thing is create a container for you to go through your transformation. Mm. Divorce is a huge transformation in anyone's life. Right? You can't ignore the whole process and find someone else to cover up all the everything, right? Or get yourself really busy into something and completely shut it down. Mm-hmm. But it, it, don't trick yourself. That's not going to work, unfortunately, yes. right? Uh, it will show up later in life. It will show up on the next relationship, right? So if you're doing divorce consciously, really wanting to transform whatever made you go through, you know, the like mm-hmm. the things that are hard and, and that don't work to, to really, really discover, you know, who you want to become and who are you are becoming, right? In this yes. moment, creating that container of compassion and self-love. Mm. I promise you, there is no amount of self-love and self-compassion that is too much. <laughs> What do you mean by that? Will you expand on that? I love that. Because it, we say we tend to cap our self-love and self-compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, you have five minutes today to give love to yourself. <laughs> yeah, right? Just enough. That's enough. It's like, if you get really uncomfortable, if you're self-indulging, it feels like I've been grieving for way too long. This is enough. I, I, I don't get more self-love and compassion. I should have figured everything out by now, right? Mm. Yes. So it's like, oh, the first, the first six months, it's, it's good. I'll give myself permission to, to go through whatever it is. But if I'm still grieving after seven years, no, that's not allowed. You know, like, so I think giving yourself the unlimited amount of self-compassion and self-love, mm-hmm. it not only allows the process to occur, but it speeds up the process. Mm-hmm. It feels self-indulgent and that you're going to become a lazy person that's not going to do anything else in life because you're just going to wobble in this, like, right, in mm-hmm. this place, but it doesn't. And self-love and self-compassion have nothing to do with victimization. Ah. Uh. What is the difference? What do you see as the difference? It's almost the opposite. Right? Ah, I love this. <laughs> yes. In self-love and self-compassion, you honor your feelings, whatever they are. No need to justify. They don't have to be right or wrong. They just are. Mm. And you honor that. Yeah. You honor your needs. And you love yourself through the process. And you're doing this because you're walking towards your power. And I think this is the key here to give that uh, true north if you're going towards self-love or if you're going towards victimization. In victimization, you're feeling sorry for yourself. Mm-hmm. You're giving all your power away to the world, to the people around you, 
to the perpetrators, you're blaming, mm -hmm. you're shaming either others or yourself, and you are moving away from your power. You, you enter states of deeper and deeper desperation because you, you're just moving away from power. I love the fact that you just so clearly defined something that can take so many of us so long to realize. That victimization takes you away from your power. And self-love empowers you. And nurturing and caring for yourself empowers you. And taking the time to think about your thoughts and to see them and honor them, your feelings, your emotions, your thoughts, and not judge them. Mm -hmm. Maybe you analyze them. Maybe you look, where are they coming from? Why is this coming up for me right now? Mm -hmm. What's happening? Do I need to adjust anywhere? Is this story I'm telling myself actually true? We can ask those questions and still be in a place of love without judging ourselves and without being a victim. It's just so powerful. That's, that's the moment right there. <laughs> Do you have anything else you would like to share with the listeners today? about this divorce being a radical act of self-love? I think I would go back to the same thing. Give yourself unlimited amounts of self-love and compassion. And follow your truth. Mm. And if you don't know what that is, you start developing ways of discovering what that is. Start noticing what lights you up. What brings oh, you yes. joy? Because that that is your inner compass. So when you're moving towards your truth, you feel like you're opening up. Your body relaxes. You have more energy. It's a it's a it's a feeling of expansion, mm -hmm. and, and you feel light. When you're moving away from your truth, you feel heavy. You feel constricted. There is density. Mm -hmm. There's lack of energy. So really learning the signs and sensations of your body so you become very familiarized, right, with your own inner compass. Yes. And what is very unfortunate and at the same time, it's like, okay, this is an opportunity for awakening, right? Of mm -hmm. discovery, of self-discovery. Is that what we are taught we are supposed to be and what we grow in adulthood, like we develop our personalities to be, for most of us, has absolutely nothing to do with who we truly are. And so it is the having to turn off the cultural entrainment and turn on the ability to perceive the sensations and find your inner truth. Yes, absolutely. It's almost like that Marie Kondo moment of, okay, something is happening right now. Take a moment, take a deep breath and, and think, 
How does this feel to me right now? And it can be, we can start really small, right? Like start with those little moments of, um, all right, today I am supposed to um, meet some friends. I'm supposed to go, there's this, this event I need to go to. So does this feel good to me or does this feel very heavy? Are these friends friends that lift me or these friends that I leave feeling drained and exhausted and um, have to go hide under the covers when I get home? <laughs> and taking that, those small moments and being able to say, you know what, this, this event isn't going to serve me. I, I'm going to respectfully decline and not do it. Mm-hmm. And that's so very important. Absolutely. It can be tiny, as tiny as noticing that you need a glass of water and actually mm-hmm. taking the time to drink it. <laughs> that is so perfect. <laughs> because how many times do you, you're doing something, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, or I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And because we're moms, because we're busy, because we're whatever it is, we we're pushing, not meeting ignore. our own needs. Yeah. 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 It's a, and then it be, and you build that muscle. That becomes mm-hmm. a way of living. Yes. I'm going to honor my truth. And it starts speaking more truths, right? Stop lying to answer silly ones and big ones. And Stop lying on the silly truths, right? That was, yes. you just said something so mind-blowing that even those little ones like I'm thirsty and I need water when we take a moment to drink it if you don't do that you're not being true to the needs of your body and to the needs Uh of yourself Uh thank you for that would you like to have more personalized support in rebuilding your best life after divorce Would you like the benefits of coaching and having a community of like-minded women supporting and empowering you? I would love to have you as a member of my Love & Life After Divorce membership group. In the Love & Life membership group, you will have monthly live group coaching calls with me, a monthly book club, accountability sisters, support sessions, empowerment activities, goal-setting challenges, and so much fun. Click on the link in the show notes to join. All right. It is time to move into the fun part of today. (laughs) This is the part I get to ask all my guests. It's supposed to be rapid fire questions, but um, it ends up leading to even more fantastic conversations. So I don't know how rapid they are. (laughs) So my first question for you is all about books. And being that we're in a book club together, I know that you're pretty much as much of a book nerd and lover as I am. So do you have a book right now that's inspiring you or that's a favorite book of yours or something? I'll have to go back to the way of integrity. I know we Mm. already brought it up, but I can't say enough things about it. The the way of integrity for me, I'm a very spiritual person. I, I, I stumbled into my spirituality when I was a teenager and I went deeper and deeper and deeper. So I've read everything out there. I've read all the Bibles and Bhagavad Gita's and Tao Te Ching, you know, like I, I've read The Course in Miracles and I, I, I'm i always searching and seeking, right? And my prayer is always, take me home. Mm. Take over my entire life, <laughs> right? 
align my will with yours. Yes. That's always my prayer. So this book, it, it felt like an answer to my prayers. Yes. It felt like the way she uses the language that it was slightly different than we are used to hearing these spiritual concepts and how practical it is. It, it gave me a pathway mm-hmm. that is absolutely simple, not easy, simple. And, and it felt like this, this roadmap to going back home. Yes. So oh. I would go with that one. You give me goosebumps. I love that book so much. And dear listeners, if you have Audible, listening to Martha Beck read it in her own lovely voice makes that book even more powerful and enjoyable. All right. So if you got to choose three songs that would be on the soundtrack of the movie about your life, what would those three songs be? Oh, so this is an interesting one. Um, I would have to pick an East Forest song. Uh, East Forest is an incredible artist. And he mixes sounds like nature sounds with the sounds he creates. And it just, it takes you to a place that is just amazing. And I I play his music almost nonstop. It's it's the soundtrack of my life. Okay, <laughs> East Forest is like you know always in the backdrop soundtrack of my life. Um, I would have to pick some sort of Brazilian song, you know, mm-hmm. either a samba or a bossa nova song, like a girl from Ipanema that has that uh-huh. vibe. You know, yes. it's just yes. very very swingy and 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 soft. Um. And I would say a mantra. I listen to a lot of kirtan, a lot of, uh, I play on the harmonium and I chant. And one of my favorite ones is the um, uh, one version of the of a Christian song uh, that I will, I'll give you the actual name of it so you can find it. I know you, oh, you want to share these with your yes. listeners. Um, so it just, it just, it's delicious. It just puts me in this really high vibrational place. I feel like, you know, one is with everything through that song. So. That's beautiful. I love you describing music as delicious. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last rapid fire question. What is a risk you've taken recently that you're really glad you said yes to? I would say opening myself up to relationships. Mm. That was something very, very recent. Uh, and it just, it, I, I'm glad I did it. You know, I, it, it feels like a moment of growth and a moment of learning and, and a moment of courage, a moment of mm-hmm. um, vulnerability and and I feel like just with the experiences that I'm having just that of discovering even more about myself and most of all the best part of it I get to practice being very authentic and real and speak my truth with others right so yeah and you get to know that he loves you and appreciates you for you or not, and then and he can are, leave. Not. Yay, right? <laughs> You're okay with that. You're yeah. okay with that. Yeah, that's that is beautiful. Um, I I would have to say that 
being in a relationship after divorce, you're going, I'm speaking for myself, but I'm imagining this is how it is for most of us that are in a relationship after divorce. It's a constant um, challenge to your vulnerabilities and to you being truthful to yourself, mm-hmm. constant. And um, it's a lovely challenge. But it is so darn easy to, even in the small ways, give up on what's true for you. I want to go to bed at 10 o'clock tonight. Well, let's finish watching a movie and go to bed at 11.30. Well, if that's not actually what your body needs right now, then you're not being true to yourself, right? Um, So yeah, finding that partner that um, where you honor each other and you let each other be their truth. That's beautiful. And that's probably the most vulnerable, biggest risk you can take. (laughs) Absolutely. Hanata, this has been so fantastic. How can people reach out to you? Where can they find you? Um, My website would be the place that I have the most information on my offerings and my work. And I have lots of uh, videos and meditations there. Uh, So it's my full name.com. Will you say your name for us again? Renata Ururai. Isn't that beautiful, listeners? I don't even try to say her last name because I will destroy it. And I want to honor how gorgeous her last name is. One more time, your beautiful name. Renata Ururai. So beautiful. Okay, so keep telling and, us how we can. And, find the, you. and I also have a YouTube channel, uh, and, and that's like a compile things that come up for my clients and that are very helpful for them during our sessions that I want to share. So sometimes I'll say, "Oh, this is so helpful." You know, you could do mm-hmm. self healing. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. it's this is very powerful. Uh, you have your blind spots, but there's so much you can do your own. So that 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 YouTube channel is basically sharing healing tools uh, so you can use yourself. Excellent. Thank you so much, Anata. It's been absolutely beautiful today. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Please um, look in the show notes. There will be links to being able to get in touch with Hanata. And please find us on um, Instagram. Leave us a message. Let Hanata know or let me know what you liked about today's episode. And um, please leave a review for the podcast and let us know what you thought. I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the Love and Life After Divorce podcast. If anything resonated with you in the podcast, I would love to hear about it. Please DM me on my Instagram at Tiffany Kane. Also, if this podcast makes you think of a friend that could benefit from hearing this message of support and empowerment, please share it with her. And remember, this podcast is sponsored by the Love and Life After Divorce Membership Group. We would be so thrilled to have you join. Have a beautiful day. And remember, of course, it's all about you. Hashtag self-love.